Hello, welcome to Text to My Therapist, a segment of POV or My Therapist hosted by Divine, your favorite pop culture commentator that is only available on POV Plus via subscription on the Apple Podcast app. Um, If you're like, oh my God, what is this? If you're new here and you're like, what's going on? What's happening? Um, This is a segment of the show that you only get by subscribing to POV Plus on Apple Podcasts. But today, you know, I just, I just felt like out of the goodness of my heart, out of the kindness of my heart that I would, you know, like make it available to the public, you know, like our usual tea time and all of that. But the thing you are missing by not being on Apple podcast is by not being subscribed to POV plus on Apple podcast is that it is ad free. Okay. Everything on Apple podcasts, when you subscribe to POV plus is ad free. Um, but this episode uh, will not be if you're not subscribed there. So just letting you know. So today, y'all, there's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. And we're going to talk about a couple of things. Okay, we're going to start off with the tea of the week, which I have not been able to shut up about. If you follow me on Twitter, Vine Philo. Also, before we even start, you're going to have to excuse my voice. I had a very rough week, which you will be hearing about on Friday. All right. And um, my health was a mess this week. So my voice is a little questionable. So but I have my tea here. I have my London fog here with me that I will be sipping on throughout this entire episode. So the tea of the week, first and foremost, we have to talk. (laughs) We have to talk about Nicki Minaj. We have to talk about Nicki Minaj. Okay, so y'all, like, if you are, if you listen to Text to My Therapist, I think you kind of get the hint that, like, I'm not the biggest Nicki Minaj fan because I think she's a very mean person. Um, I'm not a Nicki Minaj fan because I think she's a very mean person. I like her music, um, but her as a person, I could never stand. I could never stand. And I've known this for a while, literally from the beginning, like, when she had that stupid-ass bob cut and she was shading little Kim. And so when this whole thing with Megan exploded, I I don't know. I think at first I was just like, oh my God, like that's a crazy line. Like, I feel like if you're gonna marry a child predator, okay, you have to know that that's on the table, babe. That's on the table. You you made your bed and you now have to lie in it and lie in the discourse and lie in the content, contempt. <laughs> that everybody will have towards you because that is your choice. You made that choice. Nobody's just going to accept that. Okay. No one likes that. That's fucking weird. Okay. So, but the barbs are terrifying people. Um, so, you know, don't dox me. So I am going to basically give you the whole rundown and my thoughts on the situation. Cause I actually have a very different little bit of a thought on it. Okay. So, Here's the thing. Nicki Minaj beefs with everybody. Everybody. She beefs with every new woman. She is not a girl's girl. If there is a woman that comes out as a rapper and they start making waves, think Cardi B, think Lotto, think Ice Spice, think there's, she's done it to so many people. It's insane. If they're, and especially if they're black girl, she never goes after the white girls. She never does. All right. So if there's another black rapper, um, pop star that comes out that she feels threatened by, what she will first do is try to be really close to them. She because I don't know if you'll notice, they will always have a song together. 
and then they have beef and then it's like what like what's going on so she will always try to be really close to them and then once they kind of start seeing the true who she is because what she really expects is she does you this favor and then she kind of expects you to have a sense of loyalty to her for the rest of your motherfucking life which is insane by anyone's standards. Like, I don't know who you, I don't care who you are. You cannot expect loyalty from people. Um, even when you're doing a horrible shit, like marrying a predator, marrying a rapist, um, a murderer, a manslaughterer. Um, okay. Um, in the words of Wendy Williams, that's your husband. Congratulations, Nikki. So, you know, uh, she expects that. And then I think they get a real sense of who Nicki Minaj is. And then they're like, oh, my God, let me distance myself from this crazy lady. So they start distancing themselves from her. And then she, you know, feels slighted by that. And then she has beef with them. And then she starts saying all types of stuff. And I think that was very apparent when she had her beef with Lotto because Lotto handled it as well as she could and I do give her props for that like she didn't lose her shit which I would have um but Lotto tried to keep it you know she tried to keep it peaceful like being like no like I don't know why you feel like this like you're my idol like I've loved you since I was a child like why are you acting like this why are you being like this and she was very open about like begging Nikki to work for her work with her and like wanting to really have a have that bit of legacy to her but Nicki Minaj just kind of did like this weird turn on Lotto like it was actually really sad and I think that's when like a lot of people especially on Twitter and like a lot of people who are keeping up with this stuff I think that's when they kind of started realizing like oh like this isn't this isn't like rap beef like this is actually like really pathetic like this is really sad like it is rap beef but sometimes you see people fighting and you're like oh my god like this isn't this isn't this isn't oop, this isn't just somebody losing their temper and like having a crime out of passion like this is patheticness like this is sad like this is really really sad because here is somebody that idolized you and this is how you're acting towards them because you expect something that is so unreasonable which is like lifelong loyalty to never work with any of her enemies all of this stuff and I feel like obviously I'm not in these relationships but I feel like it's girl you gave me a 30 second verse that you probably recorded in your basement you didn't care like you know what I'm saying it's just like what are you doing like I have no real emotional loyalty to you so she did that with um Lotto and then she did that with she started doing it with Ice Spice but I don't think they ever got on bad terms they probably will be now because Ice Spice liked Megan's picture and like all this stuff. whatever that's how petty it is like you see what I'm saying that's how petty it is you like somebody's picture now you're my enemy mind you this woman is 41 years old you know these are 20 year old girls that she's fighting with and it's like this is like this desperate need to be on top all the time and it's like girl you have to you don't have the work ethic. Let's be real here. Looking at the videos from like the performances she did recently, I'm like, this is really bad. Like what's going on here? I think she used to have the work ethic, but I don't know. I think something happened along the way where like she just lost herself. And I think it has to do with men. Like I think Nicki Minaj as a woman is very wrapped up and how she is perceived by men. She is. She knows she's a bad bitch. She can see she's a bad bitch, but she feels very threatened when other women walk into the room. She doesn't have enough confidence in herself to be in a room full of bad bitches. 
she wants to be the only all the time like and it's it's really like sad it's very sad because some of not some but most of in this life a lot of your biggest supporters a lot of the people that are going to fight for you to the end are women a lot of the people that are going to ruin you and sh- shit on your legacy and and keep cheering you on when you're doing bad are men like that's it that man like bro there was i saw this like um this news article or something it wasn't a news article girl it was from a blog okay let's be fucking real because i was on twitter this whole thing is on twitter msnbc is not reporting on this shit girl so um i saw one of the blogs was like oh kenneth petty her husband the um sexual predator okay he uh responded to the beef and he was like he was like i I like it like i think it's kind of, it's sexy when she acts immature one obvious joke here no yeah you're a fucking predator of course you think so but two um any man that wants that doesn't pull you aside in a very private manner when you're acting a fucking fool and tells you like what are you doing you're ruining your legacy. You need to get it together. What are you doing? Any man who doesn't do that hates you. He hates you. Okay? If he's cheering you on when you're fighting bitches, he hates you. Okay? Because any man, any person that really loves you wants you to be the best version of yourself every time. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run, take a nap, read a book, go out with a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, more time for what? Recently, me and my therapist sat down and literally made a list of all of the things I've been wanting to accomplish this year that I felt that I did not have any time for. There's a book I've been wanting to read on finance. You guys know I'm super into my finances this year. And I was like, when am I going to have the time to do this? Well, we sat down, made that list, and turns out I have time on Tuesday mornings. Little changes can really help create a sense of control in a world where so many of the things that happen are beyond our control. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and it's suited to fit your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com POV today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P-O-V. Time. They're going to let you act out and be a fool in private. But once you're in public, when you're representing yourself and who you are, and if you have big dreams and there is a legacy on the line, he is, oh my God, girl, he would rather you... A girl, he would rather pick you up and run off with you than you act like a fool and embarrass yourself. Because that's that's just, that is called protection. That is somebody that wants to protect you, even from yourself. This man does not love that lady at all. And also, let's just, t- listen, I saw a tweet. This girl said, and I cackled. I swear I cackled. And I kept cackling. Um, you know, through, every time I thought about it, I cackled just a little. This girl, she said, she, oh, that, that's my elbow on the table. I didn't just fart, okay? This woman, she said, when a woman is not happy at home, they take it out on everybody outside of their home, okay? Nicki Minaj is not a woman that is happy at home. Clearly not. 
all right? Because she has to take care of this grown-ass man, and then she has a child with him, and it's like, you don't know what else is going on behind the scenes. Like, there's so much stuff that could be going on, but, like, this lady is clearly not happy. But the tweet that I thought was hilarious said, y'all never wonder why Nikki's on live. Nobody likes her. They don't invite her anywhere. So she was always stuck at home with that man. And it's true. Why is anybody going to, like, invite you anywhere if they know they have to pick between Megan, Cardi, Lotto, and those girls are fun? Of course you're never going to get invited anywhere. When you want people to constantly choose sides, you are you are putting yourself in a bad place. America, take note of what I'm saying. And I don't mean the population of America. I mean country-wise government America. When you're constantly making people choose sides, okay, you are retroactively turning people against you. People are going to be tired of always having to prove their loyalty to you of always being on edge when they're around you because you're weak, because you're sensitive, because if somebody else gets a bit more attention than you, it's a problem and you have to be, you have to be consoled because you're a fucking baby. Like, you know? So yeah, no wonder she doesn't get invited anywhere. All right. And then her barbs are losing their minds. And let me tell you something. Damn near everybody in my family is a fucking lawyer and they're doing well. All right, don't fucking play around. You will go to jail, okay? So I'm just letting you know that. And then also, baby, I live in Georgia. You know what Georgia is? Stand your ground, baby. That's all I'm going to say. That is all I'm going to say, okay? So her little fans, and the thing is, I don't even want to call it little because a lot of these fans are grown-ass men, grown-ass people, who are stuck in this era of their life and they are in a weird little cult. And honestly, I was kind of thinking about it because she be aiding in the bed in a lot of these things. She'd be like cheering these bitches on. I'm like, they got Young Thug on a Rico for what I feel is a very loose, you know, very loose things. I'm like, yeah, I think she could get hit with a Rico. I wouldn't be surprised. This is like gang activity. You are sending people to dox people to send bomb threats. The FBI is involved. Do you know how nuts that is over some shitty ass songs? And we haven't even gotten to the music yet. All right. We're just giving some background. All right. We haven't even gotten to the music. And I'm going to read you the lyrics to his girl, because I'm not going to lie. On the first listen, I'm a, um, I listen with my ass first. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. I listen with my ass first. So when I'm listening to music, I'm listening to beat. you know, I'm giving a little twerk. I'm giving a little, a little, eh, a little, uh. Um, I'm not listening to the lyrics. So all of those one-liners that people like were like, ooh, his is so good. I had to listen like about three or four times to catch everything. Cause I'm like, okay, you know, I listen to music like a stripper. Can I dance to this? Can I, can I shake a little something to this? You know? So I had to really go back and like, you know, really sit down and be like, okay, we're listening for the lyrics. And when I tell you Megan, hey, cause the thing is Megan, that's the thing. Megan is a real lyricist you know a lot of people don't really think freestyles are real but there are people right at the top of their head they can just rhyme three four words okay of words lol they can rhyme like three four lines and they don't have to use the same fucking word at the end of each line all right so and megan is one of them and like i've seen a lot of her freestyles and I'm not even gonna lie, even if she's not coming up with that shit at the top of her head, she's definitely, she's incredibly talented, and I just feel like you cannot deny that at this point. 
So I'm going to read you some of my favorite lyrics and then I'm going to tell you who they're about. Okay. So, um, all right. So first iconically, okay. She says, I feel like Mariah Carey. I got these mm, so obsessed. My pussy so famous might get managed by Kris Jenner next. That's a good line. I like that one. Um, okay. Honestly, every line here is a bar. Okay. But we're just going to make, we're just going to jump to the, the really important stuff I'm trying to get. Okay. So the first, I don't think if it's the first, but one of the lines, this is the line that made Nicki Minaj lose her mind. Um, in this song, all right. Megan said, these hoes don't be mad at Megan. These hoes mad at Megan's law. Okay. And if you don't know what Megan's law is, Megan's law is the law that was passed like a couple decades ago that said that when a sexual predator moves into a neighborhood, that the, all of those neighbors have to be alerted that there's a sexual predator in your midst. Okay. So it is the reason why every time a sexual predator moves, they have to go and get registered as a sex offender. Okay, so their neighbors can fucking know that there is a wolf among sheep. All right. So um, and last year, Nicki Minaj's husband did failed. He got in trouble because he failed to register as a sex offender because, yeah, that's really embarrassing that you have to send out a letter to all of your neighbors in fucking Calabasas, Hollywood Hills, wherever the fuck you live um, to let everybody know that your husband is a registered sex offender. Okay, girly poppy. So, um, that's all Megan said. And you know, the Southerners really hate, like the Southerners really, I said ate with a little bit too much gumption. So it sounded like I said hate. The Southerners really ate when they came up with the line, a hit dog gon' holler. <laughs> okay? A hit dog gon' holler. Because Megan said that line, Friday Okay, at 12 o'clock in the morning. All right. Nicki Minaj went on a 96 hour bender. Losing her mind for 96 straight hours. Just ranting and raving and going on live and on and on the, the talking app and 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 spaces and all that and just ranting and raving just talk threatening her mother like girl like speaking on her dead mother like just going nuts for she didn't girl and she didn't take no breaks you know that baby was hungry you know that baby was hungry you know papa bear was like i miss my mommy <laughs> like this lady was going ham like she was going crazy so she was really upset you know obviously miss girl be upset it is what it is but um then she came out with this song bigfoot she released it and then it was really bad it was really bad the song was really bad um it just it just seemed like a musical compilation of all of the tweets she'd been sending that weren't even that great and um yeah okay and the irony that I find in this whole thing is that I feel like, in a way, Nicki Minaj kind of, um, she kind of foresaw her own future. Because when she was relentlessly picking at little Kim for no fucking reason, um, she was always talking about, 
oh, you know, you're so obsessed with the new girls coming out in hip hop that you can't even focus on yourself and you're fucking up your own legacy by not being able to focus on yourself. Now look at you. You're just an old dried up hag, whatever she said. And now it's like, girly, take a look in the mirror. It's like really sad. It's really sad because like Nicki Minaj had such a great legacy. She had such a fire legacy until there. Oh, there came another girl in the rap game. And I think those are the crossroads that will make or break your life. Um, Because if you cannot accept change, if you are so hell bent on just having a killer grasp on the things that are happening in your life. You, you, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. You really are. And I think it's just so sad to see how these things have gone. Like, I don't see a major influential celebrity siding with Nikki. And I think that's, I think that's all we have to see about that. That's it. That's literally all there is to say. Meanwhile, Megan is completely unbothered, um, you know, doing her, her promotions for her tour, going to parties, having a great time. And I know that shit must kill Miss Nicki Minaj. Okay. So, um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about this week on a completely different note was Pat McGrath's makeup that she did for the Mason Margiela show in Paris, the couture show in Paris. Y'all, so this thing looks so beautiful. And if you haven't seen it, basically she did like this weird skin finish on these models that made them look like porcelain dolls. Like, and these girls look creepy as fuck, okay? I have been so hyper obsessed with this. Just hyper fixated with it and like just watching everything I can watch on it. And, you know, she still hasn't said how she's done it, but somebody, um, a makeup artist on TikTok, she kind of came up with a, a concoction that she thinks might be the, you know, what she used. So for some reason, and this is going to sound so silly, but for some reason, I thought about this so much that I started dreaming about it. All right. And I'm just going to tell you a couple of my dreams that I've had this week. And mind you, I've been sick this week with a fever um, or like with fevers and stuff like that. I had a dream. (laughs) I had a dream that um, Pat McGrath was staying at my Airbnb. Right. That I had moved out. I moved into the city and then my mom turned the house into an Airbnb. Something honestly she would very much do. Okay. And Pat McGrath was staying at my house and I was in the city, but, and oh, in this dream, I'm a lesbian. I'm engaged to a woman and my woman's, my woman. Wow. This sounded so easy off the tongue. My woman's brother is a football player on the chiefs football team. Okay. So she and I were engaged. We're so happy. Okay, we're planning our wedding. We're planning our this dream is not going anywhere you think it's going, just so you know. Nowhere where you think it's going. She and I are engaged, and 
uh, I, I picked out my dress. I picked out my dress and I picked out, um, my rehearsal dinner dress. So I had all my dresses, you know, I picked out my wedding dress, rehearsal dinner dress, look good. Everything looks so good. And I'm like showing the other girlfriends of the chiefs people. Cause like, we're all in like the same friend group. Okay. And I'm showing them my dress. I love it, but I'm not friends with Taylor Swift. Okay. So obviously I'm a normal girl, you know, I have to save up for my wedding dress. I have to save for my rehearsal dinner dress. And then we go to the fucking Super Bowl. Okay. (laughs) We go to the Super Bowl and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. And obviously, you know, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, PR relationship, but whatever, for some reason in my dream, they're a little bit more serious. They... Like, you know, Taylor runs to embrace him on the field. Mm-mm-mm. Why is she wearing my wedding dress as a casual dress? Like, my heart stopped in that moment. She's wearing my wedding dress as a casual dress, getting green stains, grass stains on it because she's running to Travis Kelsey in my fucking wedding dress. Okay, I'm stunned by this. I'm heartbroken. I'm crying to my wife to be and her brother. And he's like, maybe she just didn't know. Like, maybe it's just what's in fashion. Okay, it was a Mason Margiela dress. Okay. And she's like, it's just what's in fashion. Like, you can't blame her. Like, blah, 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 blah. She doesn't even know you. I'm like, sure she doesn't. She's just wearing my fucking wedding dress on a field. So then we go to the after party. And she's wearing my rehearsal dress dinner at the after party. At this point, I'm just feeling fucking slighted. So I get up on the table and I'm like, all right, cut the music. Taylor Swift, I don't know how you know what dress I was going to wear to my wedding and my rehearsal dinner. But you stole my fucking look. (laughs) Okay. Everybody turns against Taylor Swift because you're like, oh my God, she did steal her look. We heard her talking about it. And then I leave angrily and I take the party to my house in the country that I'm expecting to be empty because even my mom's away. But I walk in there and as I'm walking in, Pat McGrath is walking out and I'm like, Pat? And she's like, hey, who are you? And I'm like, oh my God, this is my mom's house. I'm sorry, I didn't know anybody was supposed to be here. And she's like, oh my God, are you wearing Mason? She was like, are you? Because um, I, I guess at some point I snatched the dress off of Taylor Swift. I don't know, bitch. Just to like regain control of my life, I guess. I snatched the dress off her and put it on. And she's like, oh my God, are you wearing Mason Mason Margiela um, uh, 2024 Couture? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh my God, let me do your makeup. <laughs> so all's well that ends well my dream ended well okay um but yeah that's how hyper fixated I've been with this whole thing I've been thinking about it so often because I think sometimes you see artistry and you're like how do you even fucking think of this and I think to an extent like I'm kind of jealous I think to an extent I'm really jealous because I felt like really creatively stifled for a long time I think the last time that I felt super creative that I I felt like I used my fucking imagination was when I was 
maybe in high school before college like I used to write a lot in college but there are so many things that even in writing there are rules like you can't just write what you want to write like there's so many fucking rules like you know in in stories there's 28 parts there's a 28 story structure did you know that in screenwriting there's a I think it's 12 I might be wrong I how many beats is it I think it's 12 beats in a script like it's 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 just you know there's always a lot of structure like you can't run free with your mind and like even today I was on Twitter and the first thing that I saw was somebody talking about the script for Anatomy of a Fall which is a movie that is I think it's premiering it um, it premiered at Con Festival and I don't know if it won anything. I think it did. I want to say it won like the highest honor, but I genuinely don't know. Um, I just remember seeing like a little like tidbit about it. Anyways, um, so Anatomy of a Fall, this movie, I think it's a French movie, I want to say. But somebody posted the script and they were like, LOL, imagine um, submitting the script for like a screenwriting competition. You would get laughed out of the room. Because in the script, there were like drawings and like diagrams and like very visual things that normally don't go in a script because people are really, you know, strict with script structure. And this guy, the screenwriter was like a very famous screenwriter, okay, was in the comments being like, that's not true. A good story is a good story. And I'm like, that is fucking true because you're going to look at me and tell me that in the film world, there are not a million and one snobs who are just looking for a moment to like tear somebody down. You could have literally a story written by God in your hands and some asshole in the film industry is going to be like, yeah, your spacing is off here. I can't read it until that's fixed. Let alone if there's a drawing in there. Okay. So, I feel like I've like creatively I've felt so stifled and then now being a content creator and like all of these things you know you're kind of living trend by trend which is annoying in its own way which honestly in the long run is not going to make you um is not going to make you a revolutionary of any kind whatsoever but you know you have to pay your bills you got to do what you got to do so creatively I have felt a little stifled and I also have felt like I don't have the focus to do a lot of these things that I really want to do because I'm so burdened by the simple stress of life. (laughs) So seeing Pat McGrath's work really kind of flooded a lot of those feelings and just made me want to be so creative again. But I'd be lying to you if I knew how. I really would be. I'd be lying if I told you I knew how to start being creative again, how to unstifle myself and to like get myself out of this straitjacket of stress and trying to maintain existence. Okay. I, I, I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to start. I have, I haven't written a page, like a story page in maybe over two years. That in itself has like broken me slightly because you guys know I don't know if you know maybe you did know when I first started this podcast I'm a writer I've written books I've you know did they sell nope but you know that's on them that's not on me okay 
I'm not mad at myself about that. Okay, that's all I'm damn bitches. But I haven't written anything in years. And that, I think that's left me feeling a bit empty. I'm not going to lie. It's left me feeling like a part of myself is missing. So adding that to my list of resolutions this year of 2024, not only to, you know, read more, but to be more creative overall. And to really find a way to release myself from the shackles of fucking capitalism. And to do something because I genuinely enjoy it. Because there's so many things I want to do. Like there's so many places I want to go and so many places I want to travel. But I can genuinely see myself not having a good time. Because I have not separated my personal identity from the throes and the woes that comes with living in like a capitalist society okay um but on the other end of things um talking about while we're talking about america and living in a capitalistic society i had the innate <laughs> um i don't want to call it a displeasure but it was a displeasure because of how angry it made me but it was a good movie, though. All right. I watched Killers of the Flower Moon. I watched Killers of the Flower Moon. This movie is three and a half hours long. I need you to know that. It took me a long time to watch. I had to I had to pause. I had to pause because my cat decided to crawl into a garbage bag. Like, do you know what suffocation is? Anyways, I watched Killers of the Flower Moon. This movie is three and a half hours long. Actually, it's a little bit over three and a half hours long. Girl. Um, it took me maybe like four days to watch because I, listen, I can't sit still for that long. I'm going to be so honest with you. And I just kept having to do things. So I would watch it like in between doing things. So I watched that movie and I don't know what I expected when I sat down to watch it. I think I expected, you know, a couple, like a couple, two people in love, um, beating the odds against America. I don't know what I expected, but I can wholeheartedly tell you it was not that. Um, mad spoilers ahead, but also this is something that happened in history. So, you know, how can I really spoil it for you? Google is right there. So, Morton Scare says it. I do want to say he did an amazing job with this movie. It was beautiful. And I will say out of that three and a half hours, I don't think there was anything that was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be real with you. Every scene served a purpose and I liked it. I liked how the story played out. I liked it all. I didn't I didn't think it was too long. It was long, so be prepared that it's long, but I didn't think it was overly long. Like it made no sense for it to be that long. Like I don't think it was drawn out. So the story is about this woman. Her name is Molly and she is an Osage Native American in Oklahoma. The story starts off with telling me that in during this time in the early 1900s, late 1800s, the Osage people were the richest people in America because their land ended up being on a lot of oil. Okay, hella oil like they were making a lot of money. And because of the head rights system, that meant that they were, you know, the money from that oil was being inherited and within a family as it should be. Okay, so also because of that, a lot of white people flocked over there to work. 
So a lot of these Native American people ended up getting married to white people and having children with them. And then, you know, their children would get the head rights if something happened to whoever the Native American had married, they would get their white spouse would get the head rights. Um, Okay, so all of that would happen. Y'all. So for like two days, this became my Roman Empire because I just didn't know any of this stuff. Watching the movie, I was just so, at first I didn't think it really happened because I'm looking at like all of these Native American people and honestly, probably the most Native American people I've ever seen on a film of this like caliber, which was amazing to see. And for like the longest time, I thought, not the longest time, maybe like the first five minutes of the movie, I thought it was one of those movies where like they reimagine reality because there were so many Native American Native Americans in like the classic quintessential 1920s, like flapper looks, like they were very Americanized. And I was so confused and I was like, what is going on? And then I immediately, I think within 10 minutes I was on Reddit. (laughs) Within 10 minutes, I was Googling stuff. I was looking stuff up. And then I realized that basically they had pretty much kind of, you know, embraced the new like culture of a lot of these white people. But what ended up happening was what they didn't realize was that these white people were basically like picking them off one by one so they could get access to their head rights so they could get this money and put it in their family. I have never ever in my life hated a Robert De Niro character as much as I hated this one because this man was nuts okay he was fucking nuts and I never hated a Leonardo DiCaprio character as much as I hate this one it was just so awful to watch and like the mental gymnastics that these people did to tell themselves that what they were doing was okay and like the whole time I'm watching the movie like there are so many red flags going off first of all like I just feel like if you're a woman and you have a lot of money, like you need to be very weary of the men that you let into your life, especially if they're working for you, especially if they're coming from like, you know, somewhere as not as fortunate as you, because the thing is, it's never really about, oh, this guy is going to steal my money. No, girl, they don't think like that. Like a woman is going to steal your money. Great. These men are going to kill you. Like, and that's what really, like, was the red alarms in my head the whole time in the movie. And I'm just like, they, I was so frustrated because it, because I think, like, the women felt such a sense of safety in their men. And all I could see was, like, Pocahontas' dad, the minute that ship landed, being like, these white men are dangerous. And I'm like, oh my god. And I think, like, only... In two different parts of this movie was that sentiment ever really raised was their mother being like our bloodline is dying because you guys keep marrying these white guys. And then later on when the murders are like escalating um, and they're having a tribal council meeting and one of the like elders he says like you know we can't really trust these white people but in the meantime in this meeting is a bunch of white people that are interlopers and have married into their families in this meeting the men who are doing the killing are in this meeting okay adding to their sentiment and I'm like this is crazy I was really stressed out watching that shit like I'm not even gonna lie to you yeah yeah I I really was And then the other thing that happened, like, which really frustrated me was thinking about the timeline. And obviously, I'm not a Native American and I'm not 
in there during that time. But I wish that this community had more protections within themselves because this was after the Trail of Tears. This was after genocide and after after like their mistreatment for years under American people. And the one of the elders raises that, you know, sentiment in that same meeting. But I'm like, yeah, but it's too late. Like these people are in your community. They are in your beds and they are planning to kill y'all to take y'all's money. It was really blowing my mind. And you know how bad it has to be for in the early 1900s for the U.S. government to do you hear that do you hear this car you little trash rat anyways you're interrupting my podcast anyways do you know how bad um, like that has to be the murders in this community for the Coolidge administration to send in a special task force out there to investigate it which is what led to the creation of the FBI that has to be really bad at one point in the movie one of the guys he said it's easier to get a conviction for killing a dog than it is for killing an Indian I was stressed out because that movie made me so sad it made me so sad and I hope Lily Gladstone wins an Oscar because Miss Girl was acting her ass off there were so many times that like you know, a lot of times when you're watching a movie and somebody starts crying, you start crying. And like, you know, that's that makes sense. But there's a lot of times in this movie, she was not crying. But I was. And I was just like, oh my God, this lady has been through too much. Jesus, wrap her. Lord, The Lord is a biscuit. Stop her up. Oh my God. Like, oh my God. Like, it was just a lot. It was a lot. Um, It made me really mad when I started thinking about you know Caucasian men and then wait so this is the next bit of this all right bitch guess who their lineage when you know all is said and done and these white people get their hands on these people's lands through murdering these Native Americans guess what lady can be traced back to one of those murders baby guess I need you to guess it is a woman on the television okay who she be making she be cooking things okay okay the pioneer fucking woman you hear me the pioneer woman bitch you hear that okay that's nuts that's nuts i just i don't know I don't know. And then I feel a lot of times I'd be feeling like these are the same people that will look you in the eye and tell you that their family worked hard for everything that they had. And it's like, yeah, I guess if that's what you want to call it, if that's what you want to call murdering, um, that's cool, too. Yeah. Anyways, that's today's episode. So if you want to listen to this episode and every other episode ad free and without interruptions, um, and if you'd like to listen to more of Text to Your Therapist, which is the pop culture offshoot of POV, You're My Therapist, make sure to subscribe to, 
Jesus. Make sure to subscribe to POV Plus on Apple Podcast. It is exclusively on there, and that is where you're going to find me. Also, make sure to follow me on TikTok at VineFilo, V-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-O, and on Instagram and on Twitter, also known as X. Um, I am on there as VineFilo as well, V-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-O. Thank you so much, and I will see you soon. Bye.